episode in which we've decided to have or decided upon a name for this podcast so um whether or not we inserted it back into all the other ones <laughs> you've clicked on it you know the name if, um, you've, if you've heard the name vader's basement before it it wasn't actually said before yeah, this yeah, moment yeah, it yeah. was uh retroactively added so you're welcome yes so um hopefully the name sticks yeah yeah <laughs> we don't cut this yeah. version out yeah uh, Liam's going to explain the episode we have for today. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about each of our top ten favorite Force users. Um, this is not going to be what we think the top ten strongest are. This is not going to be like a power, lightsaber, duelist, Force-like strength, Force ability. You know, there's definitely potential to add those in in the future to talk about those concepts but we kind of wanted to stick broadly and talk about you know just as characters who are each of our top tens so i'll start with the runner-ups um and then we'll go from there so the runner-ups um the first runner-up we had was load and great storm so this will include characters from the books from from canon books canon books yeah so these are only canon Force users in which we're talking about, yeah. Because if it was outside canon, Revan would be here, (laughs) and you will notice a distinct lack of Revan, because Revan is canon in name only, and it's kind of hard to... So there's not a Jedi on our list in the Legends one, no. (laughs) So, um, but, so Loden Great Storm is canon, High Republic, um, great Jedi, um, really cool character, um, but didn't make either of our top tens. Um, Porter Angle, also from the High Republic. Um, We were kind of talking about the, like, you know, uh, retired old hero on a deserted planet trope, and then you kind of come to find out a little bit more of his story, and it's like, actually... He's the Steven Seagal of the Jedi. He's done a lot. He's seen a lot, more importantly. Actually, this next one, also from a book. So these three of these runner-ups are from books. Um... We really got into books. Um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good books. We read. <laughs> we do, well, we read and we listen to audiobooks. Maybe. Yes, we do the both. So, um, Rail Avaros. So from Master and Apprentice. Um, really cool character concept. Really cool, like more of a realist. Doesn't necessarily subscribe to you know. He's not a goody two shoes. He's not the class. You know the class act. He's he definitely not a goody two shoes. He's that's not. For sure. He's not. Um, he's kind of as he's a Jedi, but he kind of does his own thing. But he's still technically a Jedi. So to put this in perspective, Rail Avaros is Count Dooku's first apprentice. Yes. So Qui Gon, very older brother, basically. essentially. Yeah. yeah, and you can and you can see the th- a lot of the yeah. themes in that book. Um, with Qui-Gon it's Master and Apprentice so good yeah it was a really good book so real quick pitch to that and uh, those are the top three runner-ups maybe we'll have a uh, maybe we'll have a a book review of that ooh that would be good that would be good it's a really good book so those are three um, number four for runner-ups we're starting to get back into the movies Mace Windu Um, Citizen a citizen (laughs) take a seat young Skywalker yeah it's um, he's a good character and i think we see a lot of really cool things from him but when at least on my end when i was making my list he just well there's a like lot him. of bad no. mixed in with the good <laughs> well, yeah yeah he messes up but yeah when we talk about the pride of the jedi and and what they did wrong you know you really like he was one of the main reasons anakin turned to the dark side yeah. he just he didn't help him out so it's like don't do it. It's not the Jedi way. You're right, Skywalker. Good job. Let's take him into custody. Yeah. Anakin turns around, stabs the Emperor. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. So. It's lit. <laughs> and then the last runner-up uh, was your edition, mainly. Why don't you take it? Well, yeah, yeah. So. I, I mean, Kylo I agree. I agree that he's there. I, uh, I have Kylo Ren on there. Um, because I think that... So he's my favorite character from the sequels. Kylo Ren slash Ben is my favorite character from the sequels. And I wanted to do a little a lip service to that, I guess. Mine is Babu Frick. So. Yours have... <laughs> hey! Babu Frick, my oldest nah. friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Who are you? You got a red arm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the I I just remember in the theater the first time uh, watching episode seven, and when you see him just freeze pose uh, pose blaster bolt right towards him, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be good. Now I don't agree with everything they did with him, um, which we'll talk about in the future. I think. Uh, stay tuned for that. Hmm. But no spoilers. No spoilers. That's right. But I I just I like him. I do like Ben Solo. I I I think he's a, the best character from the sequel, and I do. I just really like him. Yeah. So, so those are our top five runner ups: Loading Great Storm, Porter Engel, Real Avaros, Mace Windu, and Kylo Ren. Yep. So, so now we get into it. Do you mm-hmm. want to go first with your uh, with your number ten? Like? I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, so my number ten is Elzar Mand. Oh, Elzar Mand. Elzar Mand okay. comes in at ten. Um, to explain. Yeah. Yeah. So Elzar Mand, uh, if you don't know him, is another Jedi from the High Republic. I won't go into too much detail. I won't talk about too many specifics spoilers for yeah just yeah. just in case <laughs> this is a general spoiler alert but um elzer man is a very cool character as a jedi he's very you know when we see him he's very kind of um intuitive he likes to kind of create things and and we see him walk a line between the light and the dark um and Yes. He, he, I, I like, and you'll see this is kind of a trend on the list. I like people who aren't afraid to try to use some of the dark side. They're not fully embracing it. They're not fully giving in to their selfishness, but they're not so caught up in the great lie that you have to be 100% pure light. And I think... Elzar man kind of dips into some of those things where he's more outcast from the Jedi Order than a lot of other Jedi are. My number 10 is Avar Chris. So that's actually um, goes back to the High Republic as well. And without too many spoilers, I think we learned this very early on in the first book that she actually can use battle meditation. Which yeah. I think is one of my cool, the coolest force powers yeah. out there. It was a good addition to bring that. They introduced that back into canon with, with Avar Chris. So, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, that was the first time they brought that back into canon. And I, I really enjoy that. I think that's a great force power. Yeah. I think that she, is, she has a really hands-on approach to things. And really takes charge. And I just yeah. enjoy, enjoy that character. Again, yeah. High Republic. I'm... Looking forward to seeing more of her in the books. Yeah. Well, and that brings me to my number nine, which is Avar Chris. Um, yeah, I agree. I think um, I liked her a little bit more than Elzar because I like what we see her doing. I think she, as much as I like Elzar, um, I think Avar brings a lot more to the table. She's given responsibility. She's given a lot of power and, and things to handle. And I think, like you said, the battle meditation ability is really cool. We see her utilized in uh, the first Light of the Republic, uh, yep. the, the first High Republic book. Really well. I yep. like her character. So, so, so that's my, my number nine. My number nine is going to hurt Liam. Oh, boy. My number nine is Darth Maul. <laughs> so I know, this is, I know this is low on the list for what we're gonna or we're gonna it's okay we don't have to have the same list it would no, be boring yeah yeah so i think we do though uh just all a different, <laughs> different order no um so the reason i have darth maul on my list is because of the phantom menace i think like i i just i mean obviously that you have the scene you have duel of fates which i think i talked about already is to, it's not the duel of fate you know it's the duel of fate of who's going to train anakin right so i love that scene i love darth maul's appearance in the clone wars um i was iffy on him being brought back at first spoiler um (laughs) but i in rebels good as well good as well i think i do think that darth maul is this and this is why he ends up falling on the list a little bit for me he winds up being used i think a lot as the um as the fan service Mm. like i mean if you think about the solo movie um, things like that, you know, yeah. he just appears and it's like, no, 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 no. 
you can't make Darth Maul appear and not give me more information. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's but they did. In the they Wars. did. They did, and we also, at the time of this recording, there are rumors that he may be part of a new animated show about the underworld and criminal syndicates. So we'll see what comes about of that. That would tie together the Clone Wars and Rebels where we see him kind of doing sure. some stuff in that realm. So that, yeah. that would be cool. If he got his own show about that or... Agreed. That would be, that would be really cool. Yep. Sorry. What's your number eight, Liam? My number eight, Chirrut Imwe. Okay. Chirrut Imwe. So he is in Rogue One. One of the um, the ancient Force followers that we see, and um, I just really like his character. I think he he brings this perspective of trust in the Force to um, to the Star Wars galaxy in a way we don't necessarily see it very often. Yeah. Um, I I think that you know he. He does some crazy stuff and doesn't seem to give a crap. And he's just like, ah, oh, no, the force will the force will protect me, or it won't. And then, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. we just, I really liked that concept of blind faith. And mm-hmm. pun intended. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Too soon. Um, <laughs> sorry, um, but I I really liked that concept and thought that. Um, among a lot of really good things in Rogue One, he added a whole nother element that was really cool. Um, there were no lightsaber duels. There was no Jedi. There was no, like, this whole... I mean, I guess you had Vader at the end with his really, really, really cool scene. But, like, other than that, the Force wasn't super involved in Rogue One, and so to have him as this kind of monk-like character of a fallen order... Um, of beings who followed the Force, but still trust in it wholeheartedly. Um, I, I liked that a lot. So that that's my number eight. That's your number eight. Interesting. Good choice. Um, this is actually we talked about this beforehand, but we didn't we did not reveal our list. Though Liam, I'm sure, already knows my list like, to the <laughs> T. Um, I'm, I'm very predictable in that in that regard. Um, but I this is one I couldn't guess. I literally I was he said oh it's it's neutral. No, yeah. I was, I was like who the heck am I missing? He's neutral, yeah. So that's interesting. I I I like him. I wouldn't have included him on this list though. I I think that it is interesting and I, that's a good perspective because that is true. The force in and of itself like the Jedi and the Sith are religious. Like they're they're religions. Yep. And so is the uh, the, the Kyber Temple, right? Was it the Kyber Temple? I, think that's I don't remember their religion, but yeah, they had... So, I mean, that's what they were doing, Jedi, right? Yeah. Kyber Crystal Mind. Yep, so, yep, yep, yep. Um, that is a neat perspective, for sure. And I think, actually, yeah. No, that, that's a good one. So, my number eight is Luke Skywalker. Now, that's what I thought, this yeah. is very, um, I think, very low on the list for what a lot of people may actually do. And the actual only reason that Luke ends up actually appearing on this list is because of The Mandalorian Season 2 for me. And I that salvaged his character for me. Uh, the sequels dumped on his character, in my opinion, yeah. really changed who he was fundamentally. Yeah. And he would have dropped off of my list. Seeing him in... Because barring the sequels, he would have been on my list. He would have been on my list. Then the yeah. sequels happened, and he would have he fell yeah. off of this list. And then the Mandalorian happened, and Dave Filoni and John Favreau salvaged his character hmm. and put him back on the list because we see Luke being Luke, yeah. And uh, we see him use Force Crush, which again is this Force power that you know, up until that point I think we only Mace Windu mm-hmm. we ever see him use, right? It's why Grievous coughs, yeah. Um, but well, uh, yeah, we saw that in the two thousand three yeah, Clone Wars, so it's crunched. been a little um, bit, but. I think that that is a really cool force power because that's something that was linked up again more associated with the dark side. Yeah. And I love... I, I, I just love that Luke. And I wish that's the Luke we would have gotten in the sequels. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why he's back on the list. But that's why he's low, again, on the list. Uh, when I was a kid, Luke Skywalker, favorite Jedi. Hmm. 100%. Yeah, yeah so uh, Luke, Luke is not on my list. Well, and I agree. I, I think yeah. I really liked him in the originals and the sequels. I kind of just, and even I know we had at the time reports of Mark Hamill kind of saying, this isn't really who Luke is. And he wasn't really super happy with the way that Luke was portrayed. Right. And 
I think you're right. I think the Mandalorian brings him back somewhat. Um, I also think that there's one or two levels you get to play as Luke Skywalker in uh, the Battlefront campaign, the solo, uh, the yeah. single player. Yeah. Um, where he's hunting artifacts. And I think that's a really cool concept as well, where he's trying to find out more information about the Force. You just liked bullying stormtroopers. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but he's not on my list. My number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Count Dooku. Okay. Count Dooku. I, um, you know, again, we look at this concept of a gray Jedi, a neutral Jedi, uh, a Force user that's kind of in between... And I think Dooku obviously goes to the dark side. So he's not in between. <gasps> I know. Fake surprise, big shocker. Pikachu. You can tell by the red blade. Oh, can you? Yes, yes, Curious. yes. Um, I like Count Dooku a lot. I, I, we've had conversation before, Jared and I, I don't think on the podcast, but just in general about Dooku's conversation with Obi-Wan. And I think we both yeah. agree that's a genuine offer for him to join forces. I don't, you know, I think Dooku's fall is because of the inherent flaws he sees in the Jedi. And, you know, I think he embraces the dark side too much. But I think had he lived, Qui-Gon would have followed Dooku at some point. If not immediately, he would have followed Dooku and maybe even kept Dooku more on the light side than he ended up falling. Uh, maybe not. I don't. I don't quite think Qui Gon would have gone dark side, but um, I don't think Qui Gon would have gone dark side. I, I don't. I and so I think that would have been really cool to see Dooku's character. You know, we see some snippets in the Clone Wars of him having not turned to the dark side, and I really like him. I just think he's a very classy, respectable figure overall. Right. He's the Count of Sereno. Uh, yeah. Who's who's doing what he thinks is necessary against uh, an order of people that he's seen turned into prideful soldiers um yeah also the battle scene between him and the night sisters in the clone wars where he's basically blind and fighting 3v1 and just kind of wrecks him i don't need my eyes to it's pretty cool that's that's a pretty cool scene so he's he's definitely an expert duelist um that adds to the um why his hilt's curved yeah, I I really like it. I also just like Christopher Lee in general too. He is a really great actor, and I I think you I would be to. lying if I didn't say that some of the actors on the list helped influence. Like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, you just you see someone you like, and it's like, oh, well, you know, this is, and that's you know, Han Solo is one of my favorite characters overall. I'm just a big fan of Harrison Ford. You better not too. appear on this list. He's not. Well, <laughs> you, um, uh, I just got to uh, change my number one real quick. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my number seven. So seven for me is Obi-Wan. Wow. So really? Low, so low. But it ultimately comes down to Obi-Wan failing Anakin. Hmm. Obi-Wan fails Anakin in the end of it all, right? Obi-Wan was an older brother to Anakin. I think Obi-Wan was good to Anakin. Okay, I, I'm not going to say he was a bad person. That's definitely not true. That's why he's on here. I do like, I love Obi-Wan, and I love Ian McGregor, but I, um, he was not who Anakin needed. And he, at times, pretended to be that person. Hmm. And uh, I think that was not good I, for him, ultimately, right? I, Obi-Wan was a by-the-book person, which is fine, totally fine. That's who Obi-Wan is, that's good. Not who Anakin needed. Anakin needed Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, I actually think that if if Anakin had trained under Dooku, he would have been better off, even, like, in Qui-Gon's place. Um, just because, when, when Dooku was a Jedi. Sure. When Dooku was a Jedi. Sure. Um, obviously, no, he's Sith. That's a problem. Well, um, yeah. But I, I think that Anakin was was restricted by Obi-Wan. Now, let me talk about the positive of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's amazing, right? Obi-Wan is a fantastic Jedi. Yeah. Fantastic he's on your list. list. I mean, right, he's on my list. He'd... He's number 7, right? Yeah. I I I love to see him and I'm super excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Yeah. Yeah. Your 6 That's is cool. Um, number 6, Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Um, I like Ahsoka. I, I think she's a good character. Um, you know, she... Another one of those 
you're going to see this theme. You know, I, I like the Jedi. I like Force users that use the light side, but I think there are lots of flaws in the Jedi's way. And so Ahsoka is another one of these where, you know, um, she grows up in the Jedi Order, kind of doing things by the book. And I think, unlike Anakin and Obi-Wan, I think Anakin and Ahsoka have an excellent relationship. Yeah, and they so pair yeah. very well together. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, you know, originally when we watched the movies, we, we place Anakin's turn to the dark side very heavily on Padme and his mom. And I think that was the intended purpose, but... What Dave Filoni and George Lucas did with the Clone Wars, where they build this relationship with Anakin and Ahsoka, and then the Jedi Order fails Ahsoka, I think that heavily contributes as well to Anakin's doubt, at least to his doubt in the Jedi Order. Oh, yeah. Maybe not necessarily his turn to the dark side, but I think that's where he really begins to see not only have they failed him, but they've failed Ahsoka to an even higher degree. Um, mm -hmm. And I really like her character uh, having that element. Um, I liked her in The Mandalorian. Um, not as much, um, but I, I thought it was... I like the words that came out of her mouth in The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. I, Where's I Grand Admiral cool. Thrawn? Yes. That was, that was really that was, good. Uh, that was... Excuse yeah. me? Yeah. The who? The, yeah, he's where? He's wh what? Yeah. yeah. So I really like her. I'm excited for, you know, we're going to get a show with her at some point. Um, so that'll be really cool. Uh -huh. um, and I liked her in Rebels. I really liked her in Rebels. It was this gray Jedi concept that f she was kind of the first one that came to light in canon of, you know, she purified her crystals and right. she kind of was doing her own thing. I think that it's interesting. And I'll and actually I'll I'll say it I'll save it. Um, anyway, uh, my that was your number six, right? My number my number six, my number six is Elzar Man. Yes. Okay. So he's 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 above Obi Wan right. for me. Wow. Now yeah, that's... the reason that he's above Obi Wan for me is ultimately his ability to doubt the Jedi Order. Um, Elzar Man is a get it done guy, but there's a big reason that he makes it this high on the list for me. There is a point in time where he gives into the dark side and like really gives into the dark side but then is able to acknowledge that he gave into the dark side and he knows what he needs to do yeah he knows exactly what he needs to do and he asks for help and i love that because most of the time we see characters that give into the dark side and that's kind of it that's yeah. kind of it we have luke who turns to the dark side in episode six and yeah. then comes back from it mm -hmm. right um to me, that's a very unique perspective in the Force where he does something wrong, acknowledges it, and then asks for help because that's something we don't generally see. Like, Anakin yeah. is unable to ask for help, really. Um, Obi-Wan's unable to recognize... Well, he recognizes that he needs help, but doesn't doesn't, doesn't find... I don't know. Yeah. I, there's the whole thing with Ahsoka there, but I, I, that's why he's that high on the list for me. All right. Number five. Placoon. That hurt me a little bit. I, he's number five. Yeah, I know. He's gonna be higher on Jared's list if, if you're not. I'm gonna lower it. Darth Maul on my list just to hurt. Just to hurt. Well, well, anyway, sorry. Number five is Plo Koon. Plo Koon is one of the few more by the book people. I feel like he tends to be like we you know we talk about some of these people who kind of rebel a little bit, have a rebellious spirit. I feel like Plo Koon is just a very dedicated to the... And I say by the book. I think he's more dedicated to the light side than a lot of people. Yeah. And, and he we don't see him using the dark side. He is not a gray Jedi. He is a light side Jedi. Um, but I think he does it in a good way. You know, I, I think we see him acknowledge uh, to the clone troopers that they're more than just numbers. They're more than just soldiers yeah. to him. He cares about each of them. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we see him, you know, the compassion he has for Ahsoka. He's the one that brings Ahsoka to the temple and takes care of her and watches yep. over her. We have a lot of really, really cool things, um, cool interactions between Ahsoka and Plo Koon. So I, I think all that to say, I was really excited when the original rumor for, uh, or the concept art for the Mandalorian was Plo Koon coming back instead of yeah. Luke. That was, and I was getting real hyped. Yeah. Um, I also think that Plo Koon got a lot more limelight 
uh, because he was Dave is, Filoni's is Dave, Dave Filoni's, Filoni's uh, one of his favorite characters and the whole thing with the wolf pack and that being very uh, on on Dave Filoni's list. So yes, yes, that was cool. It was cool to see. Yeah. So number five, Jared. My five is Ahsoka. A lot of the same yeah. reasons that uh, Liam mentioned. I don't think I really need to go into too much depth there. I have a little higher on the list because, I don't know, I, I just, to me, I really started out really disliking Ahsoka. Yeah. When the movie came out, I hated she her. She said the word Sky Guy probably 17,000 times. Which was probably that exact number too many times for me. <laughs> I really hated that. But... It was, as her character development is potentially the best character development in all of Star Wars. Yeah. I could argue that, I think, pretty yeah. easily. And and the fact of the matter is, if you hear Dave Filoni talk about his perspective and George's perspective on how they introduce a new character, it's very fascinating about them saying, hey, yet we knew we could not introduce a new character that Star Wars fans would like. So we introduced a character that Star Wars fans universally disliked, and then developed her intentionally into a character that everyone would like by fixing the, the innate flaws. Because if you introduce a good character and you try to make everyone like them, what ends up happening is you, you make a character without enough flaws or without yeah. things you can really work on. Um, and then they're, they're just overpowered or they're not realistic, they're not relatable, and you wind up driving people away from that. Uh, I think, to my point, I think that's what Rey is for me. Um, she's not a character with enough flaws. She's not really relatable to me. Yeah. Um, but Ahsoka, they were like, hey, we're going to give her these intentional like three flaws. I don't remember what they all are. Go look up Dave Filoni's interview yeah. uh, talking about the development of Ahsoka. It's fantastic. And he goes through just three things that they really just like just problems they created <laughs> with, with her on purpose. And yeah. they're like, and here's how we're going to fix them. Yeah. And he says, in this episode, we fix this problem. In this episode, we fix this problem. And in this episode, she was a character that everybody liked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is true. Yeah. He, they did it. They did it. Because by making a dislikable character for, for these main reasons, these are the reasons everyone cited for yeah. why they didn't like that character. And then they fixed those things. Yeah. It's like, well, what are you left with? A character that you like. Yeah. Right? It's like, fantastic. Well done, sir. Meanwhile, Kathleen Kennedy thinks yes. that there's just not enough creative content out there to work with for don't hash that now it just you know it's 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 true it's one of these (laughs) i think that was my yeah it was yeah it's one of these things where you just look at the effort that needs to go into something and playing the long game and i feel like you know, with the sequels, they weren't long game sequels. They weren't long game movies. They were very much how it was can we... a very long movie. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the perspective of now. Again, that's easier for a TV show. I will say, uh, you know, that's that's maybe too harsh to compare them because with the Clone Wars, you know that you're going to have several seasons to develop. Some, so anyway, number four, Anakin. It's number four. I mean, what needs to be said? I, he's the plot line that is central to most of Star Wars. Like, that's he is one of the driving forces to why these movies exist, right? Anakin is the main character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. he's he, You see him, you know, he's so central to Star Wars. And a lot of these other characters that I'm talking about bar the higher public um, and Darth Maul, which to be... To be coming soon um but besides those like every one of these is someone that is involved in anakin's story in some point or another um and i think it just speaks to what star wars is about it's it's a story of rise and then fall and then rise and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just i don't know i i get to stop there because i don't know how much more i could yeah, you could talk for hours about Anakin. Oh, obviously. Well, I think a as a number four... a few movies made on him. Quite a few. Um, quite a few TV episodes, too. So yeah. I think number four, you know, solid character. I liked him. The reason he's so low, um, I just... I, I, so I Other say, characters interested me more. I, yeah. I, I related to them more. Again, right? like, top five Force users in all of Star Wars. At this point in time, these are... I mean... Absolutely solid characters. Yeah, we like all these characters. Yeah, um, yeah I don't. Yeah, 
there's not much to complain about. I just I simply think the people above just this saying. list, just, um, the people above him on this list are just people that I liked their stories more. Fair enough. So my four is Count Dooku. Actually, top four for Caesar. So yeah. uh, for a lot of the reasons that Liam said, but let me, for my opinion, right, and this is, this, you, kind of, you kind of touched on this, where we have had conversations before where I think it was genuine. When, uh, when Dooku offered um, Obi-Wan the information, right, he just told Obi-Wan that there was a Sith Lord yeah, running exactly subtle. And Obi-Wan's like, that was a lie. And yeah. the, t- tells the Jedi Council, and he's like, do you think it was true? And they were like, yeah, no. Uh, Dooku is a very straightforward person, I yep. think. I think Dooku had... I, now, I haven't read Dooku Jedi Lost. It's a book that I do want to read. Liam has read that or listened to that one. I do want to go through it because Dooku does interest me a lot. I think that there were a lot of cries from help from Dooku. We see some of that in... Um, in... Uh, Master and Apprentice. Yes. Master and Apprentice. We see that and we see how Qui-Gon's relationship to him is and like he starts to fade away really though ultimately what pushes Qui-Gon to the dark or what pushes goodness what pushes Dooku to the dark side is Qui-Gon's death and the Jedi's reaction to that ultimately I I feel like because because Dooku warned them and warned them and warned them and warned them that these things were going to come about and um, and Qui-Gon listened. Qui-Gon was someone who took Dooku's teachings, I think, really well. Yeah. And he absorbed all of the good of Dooku's teachings and none of the bad of Dooku's teachings, right? Dooku, I think, was very correct in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but he was not a perfect character, which is a relatable thing. You're not going to be 100% right on everything, um, unless you're higher up on my list, in which case you <laughs> might be 100% right on everything. But is the entirety of the Empire your number one? No, it's not. Sorry, they're not all four Caesars, uh, which is why I devoided um, them from the disassociated them from the Sith. Anyway, um, but I think Dooku just has that unique perspective. Mm. He, he offers in or Obi Wan his hand, basically in marriage. No, and uh, <laughs> like we can destroy the Sith together. I actually think that, that at that point Dooku was redeemable. By the time yeah. by the time Episode Two uh, plays out, it's no longer possible. Yeah. Right. The the rift is created. He could never. He could never come back. There was no coming back from that. But up to that point, I actually think that Dooku could have been redeemed back to the light. Well, also the fact that like a couple hundred Jedi were killed and, and, <laughs> in and the arena. Obi Wan could have done that. I actually think that that was the role that Obi Wan could have fulfilled. The one person who who one hundred percent could have done it was Qui Gon. Yes. And so that's why. Qui-Gon's death is really the big problem. Yes. Um, it is the ultimate problem in the Star Wars galaxy, which I think I will get to uh, next. But anyway, what's your uh, what's your number three? This is awkward. Um, he's been uh, claimed to have caused the greatest problem in the galaxy. Uh, it would be Maul. <laughs> yes, he has caused the greatest problem in the galaxy. So, beside killing Qui-Gon... <laughs> I, I don't have who's higher on your list <laughs> I don't have a lot of issues with Maul um, I know that you know I, I think you're right I, I think he's kind of used as the scapegoat for a lot of things but I really like Darth Maul I think he is kind of this similar concept that we've been talking about except for the Sith where I think he's going to use the dark side I don't think he's ever going to stray away from the dark side but he understands the reasons and the ebbs and flow of the force i think a lot more than like i don't think he's just seeking it for his own power and his own good he is he is seeking it for that yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. he is it's not completely devoid of that but i think he also does understand that there's a higher purpose and i think he's trying to be not the chosen one but i think he's trying to fulfill some of that role and try and be uh, the Force's um, conduit as a dark side user. Um, and, and, and we see more of his... Uh, Jared's giving me a weird look. We, yeah, see, yeah. we see more of this, not so much in Phantom Menace, right? We don't see it as much in, like, Rogue One. We see more of it in Rebels, where he's trying to train Ezra. He's not threatened by Ezra's light side. He's... 
he's trying to get Ezra to come to him, and I, I'm making these claims. Call me old master. <laughs> I'm making these claims really thinking about, um, you know, his, his death scene um, in yes. Rebels. Okay, yeah. Right, we what get the, to... We want to go to top ten deaths. Oh my gosh. Top... Honestly, top three. Like yeah, I, great. this lightsaber battle, Spoiler. I have, I have shown. Yeah, it's not Phantom Menace. It's not. <laughs> the lightsaber battle between Maul and Obi Wan is simple. It's not long. It's not a. It's not a great duel, but it is one of the best moments that we see between two characters. It's probably and, the best. Well, actually. It is top five in Rebels. Scenes in Rebels. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. There's so many good ones. Rebels was such a good show, but as he's dying, and this is, I guess, more of a specific spoiler alert, but as he's dying, he looks at Obi-Wan and like, and and this scene is presented as it's over Ezra, but as the scene plays out, Maul kind of tries to question why Obi-Wan is on Tatooine. Yeah. And he starts to come into this realization of, oh, you're here protecting someone. And as soon as he mentions that, Obi-Wan is like, all right, I'm killing him this time for real. Like, you just see the look on his face and he like, he's like, all right, now I have to kill him. Like, there's not a chance. There's not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another element that could have been interesting. What if Maul had beat Obi-Wan? I don't think that ever happens. I don't think there's many realities where that happens, where Maul beats Obi-Wan. But... Theoretically, right? If he beat Obi-Wan, went and found Luke, right? Like, that's huge, right? And so, um, I don't know. I just, I really like that element in that scene that plays out between Obi-Wan and and Maul. And at the end, when he's dying, Obi-Wan holds him in his arms and he asks Obi-Wan if Luke is the chosen one. And Obi-Wan says, I think he is. And it's just a very... For where it was positioned in the Star Wars universe in one small episode of a series right. that wasn't super pop, it was an extremely heavy and pivotal, important moment. Yeah. It's very mean. that th- His role in Rebels plays a lot into, and that aspect of it plays a lot into why he's up on my list, I, I, honestly yeah. speaking. And I, I loved him in Clone Wars. I loved him in Menace. I loved him in, uh, in Rogue One as that, you know, kind of picture we see. And, you know, I, I am really looking forward to if we get a tv series with him but um i just think as a force user that's where we kind of see him connect to the big picture of the force more in depth okay i mean i agree with all that stuff i mean i think maul's a great character he is on my top 10 right like he's there yeah um my number three is i think who's going to be potentially your number two or number one so this is uh, <laughs> so your number three killed my number three. Yeah, it's Qui Gon Jinn. That's how it goes. Um, Qui Gon is now okay. I have another Jedi above him on my list, but Qui Gon is an absolutely fantastic person, fantastic character, so well written. I touched on it before where, you know, definitely talks about if, if Qui-Gon had trained Luke, that would have been the end. He never would have turned to the dark side. Anakin? Yes. My bad. Well, <laughs> also true. Probably. Either one. Uh, yes. If Qui-Gon had trained Anakin, uh, he never would have turned to the dark side. Qui-Gon was exactly who Anakin needed. And Qui-Gon was the one who found Anakin. Um, yeah. I love him in the book, uh, Master and Apprentice. It's a fantastic book. Again, can't harp on that enough. Um, to get that character development, you really go from, yeah, Qui-Gon's a good character to, oh my gosh, Qui-Gon is correct. Yeah. Qui-Gon is the, the like, he knows. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He knows. Yeah. He, he could have saved Dooku, which means, I think, in large part, he could have stopped... Um, I don't think Civil War. I think in large part he could have stopped the Civil War. The reason Dooku Dooku was instrumental in creating the Separatist Alliance. Okay? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because Dooku is a politician. Mm-hmm. That's what he goes back and does, right? He goes back to being the Count of Sereno, right? To his planet and, mm-hmm. and stirs up trouble. And like the Sereno family, they are instrumental also, in a lot of 
they separatist fund politics. like the beginning sections yes. of the separatist army. Yeah, like, correct. Yeah, you don't have the money you do without and and the Republic Army. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you read into it. Well, so Dooku's loaded too. Dooku's family is yeah. royalty, and I think that is another big deal. Where like, okay, Dooku leaves the Jedi because the Jedi keep like spitting in his face. Basically, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Qui Gon die, or well, he, he leaves before Qui Gon dies, but um, he just disagrees with them, and they're not listening. So he leaves because he can go back to literally being royalty. So I like it's hard. It's like, would you rather be a monk or would you rather be a, you know? It's it's kind of yeah. it's one of those things where. I don't have to take this. If the higher purpose was worth it, then you could see him being a monk, but he just saw the flaws in... Well, so he does, right? He goes back, he goes higher purpose, he thinks it's politics, because he thinks that the... I think he thinks that the Jedi aren't doing or standing for what the Jedi believe in. So this is, again, going back to Kautuku. Again, I want to get back to Qui-Gon here. But Qui-Gon is a paragon. Uh, I think he is the most correct person in Star Wars, uh, where we talk about, so Liam mentioned Plo Koon. Plo Koon is purely light side, and that is, that's true. Um, Plo Koon's a very good person, I think, but I think that the light side 100% is wrong, ultimately. The force requires balance, and that is something that Qui-Gon recognized from the, from the Jedi's perspective. And I, I just, I absolutely love Qui-Gon. Again, actor does help a little bit. Yeah. Liam Neeson, I mean, come on. That can only give you bonus points. Right. No, for sure. So, uh, all we needed was a scene where Darth Maul maybe took Anakin. He's like, I will find you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I have a special set of skills. Yeah. So, uh, the one mistake that Qui-Gon makes, potentially, is forcing Obi-Wan to train Anakin. Hmm. You will train the boy. I will master. That is, um, I love Anakin, but it would have been better for him to stay on Tatooine for the Jedi <laughs> in the long run, I think. Well, considering he kills them all and their younglings. Yeah, so yes. ultimately that was a bit of a mistake. But yeah, okay, so number two. Okay, my number two, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Um, I, I don't think you're wrong in that he doesn't do a lot that Anakin needs him to do and that he ultimately does fail Anakin. But I don't know that I can blame him for that. You know, it's one of those things where like, we're often, we often think of, oh, well, Anakin didn't have Qui-Gon anymore. And Anakin didn't have this mentor that, that was Obi-Wan's mentor. Like, yeah, he was ready to go to trials and he was upset that he hadn't gone yet. And Qui-Gon thought that he should have gone already, you know, and there was that whole thing, but Obi-Wan lost his master and friend when Qui-Gon died. And and we see, talk about developing stories. If you read Master and Apprentice, you see this relationship between the two go from um, something that is very PC and something that's not exactly uh, a cohesive relationship to a very strong bond. Um, Still not? Still not a, yeah, strong bond. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, that is a, yeah, again. It's it's not like father yeah. and son. No, I know. You know, but, but the yeah. bond is there and they respect each other a lot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more to your point. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a very, they recognize that they have innate differences, but that, that, that they're stronger working And they together. use them to their advantage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and so I think when Qui-Gon dies, you know, you have Obi-Wan who's now tasked his master's last request is for Anakin to get trained. Yeah. So of course he's going to do it. And I agree. I think he was the wrong person to train Anakin. I think there was other people that could have done it better. Um, and, you know... Ooh, Mace Windu trains Anakin. No, no. no that ends up poorly. <laughs> um, you know, I think even on Tatooine, we see Obi-Wan, you know, just refers to him as a another piece of random stowaway and yeah. kind of just... Picking up another piece of... Yeah, but you know Obi Wan is is just for all for all that happens there. I think he tried his hardest and he did what he thought um, was best, and he did all he could. And um, you know I think we see it redeemed somewhat in his training of Luke, 
where, yes. you know, he, he doesn't... Who didn't even make it on your list, I might add. Who didn't? No, <laughs> no, no. Obi-Wan is ten times better than Luke. Um, sorry, sue me. Um, but yeah, he, he trains Anakin. He is one of the first, I think, the first to actually become a Force ghost. I, I know Qui-Gon kind of dipped in and out of that. Yeah. But um, well, he had no physical form. He didn't have a physical form. He didn't figure it out quick enough. Right. So Obi-Wan opens us up into this Force ghost ability. He So I don't know. And there's there's a lot of good there. And just overall, he's such an excellent strategist and duelist and warrior in general. But he still sticks so much to the light side. Um, I just, I, I like him so much. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor. Only, only bonus points. Yep. Great guy. So I think another thing on Qui-Gon that I want to add is that you see him be so involved in everything and the way that uh, George Lucas tied him in is very, very meaningful. Mm-hmm. That you see Qui-Gon when, um, when Anakin turns against the Jedi, mm-hmm. you actually hear... Uh, Qui-Gon cry out in the force, trying to stop him. Um, so you hear Qui-Gon's—he's Qui-Gon's trying to reach Anakin to to stop mm-hmm. him from that. And we actually we see him on Mortis as well. Um, I think was he talked to uh, Obi Wan then, yeah. and he actually he does have a physical form there um, because it's a special place, which maybe we'll talk about in the yeah. future. Um, so the 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 my number two is mm-hmm. Plo Koon. So I I. Obi-Wan, or sorry, Qui-Gon only loses out to Plo Koon because I just have always had a fascination with Plo Koon. Honestly, these two are reversible for me, interchangeable. I, I could I could move these out. This is there in their solid spot, two and three, and that they could be rotated around. I love Plo Koon. As you've talked about with his, um, his relationship to Ahsoka is very special. And we see, you know, her try to, hey, I wanted to save him and find him like he found me and brought me to the temple. Um, We see him, you know, kind of, I believe we see him stick up for her uh, during the trial and everything like that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But uh, if you hear any licking noises, it's my dog in the background, not not Liam. Um, (laughs) Not just Liam. Not just Liam, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but also... Plo Koon, and I don't think this is canon anymore, so I, I, I'm a little hesitant, but Force Judgment. I'll allow it. I'll, thank you. Thank you. Force Judgment, right? The only Jedi who could use uh, Force Lightning, which is the weakest lightning, it was Yellow Lightning, and it was it came from the light side of the Force, from a, from a pure state of, like, objective judgment, right? I mean, like, he just was really able to step back and look at any situation, and I really do love... Like like Liam pointed out, with the clones, his relationship with the wolf pack and everything like that, I mean, is just very special. We see two Jedi stick out um, as being just great... Not empathetic? Good, great commanders, but very empathetic to the clones. It's Anakin and it's Plo Koon. Yeah. And the, the men love to follow them because they cared so much for them. Mm. And I think that's a mark of a great leader. And I think that's a mark of a good person, uh, ultimately, yeah. is someone who really cares about the people who you're responsible for. And we see some other Jedi who take a, you know, they kind of take their no attachment approach very um, one way. And I think that's the way most of the Jedi take it. And I think Plo Koon and Qui-Gon have a similar opinion on, like, yeah. no attachment doesn't mean you can't care for people right and have a relationship with them and in you know enjoy them but like just care for them and we in see a that way. in barris offy and luminar and Dooley. she's like oh yeah, well yeah. guess my padawan's dead yeah and like, like no wait what? hold on what? What? Wait <laughs> they're not minute. yeah see how that turns out it's not that i'm not ready to let my padawan go it's that i'm just not ready to give up on her right yeah. you know yeah. and and that's the thing with with plo Koon, is he just really just I, I just he's I, very wise I feel he like he's one of the Jedi that like if he has a character trait it's wisdom like absolutely yeah that's one of his big things is he's very empathetic and very wise in his approach to a lot of situations we don't he's not brash he's not quick to get angry or reactive he's 
he is one that thinks through. And mm-hmm. and, I, and the Force Judgment thing is really cool, too. I actually think that he would have been a very great pairing for a master for Obi-Wan. Mm. Because I think that they are very um, lawful good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so number one. You're number one. You're top. I already know who it is. Darth Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> is exactly what I thought. Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn is my number one force user. Um, I can't begin to just talk about you know, from from a very early age, um, I just always loved Qui-Gon. He was always my favorite. Um, now, my name is Liam. Liam Neeson's name is Liam. So that, I, I think, I think, <laughs> just in case, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. Um, Liam Neeson's name is Liam. So that, that I think was one of the first things that I was like, that's cool. <laughs> a Jedi that, you know, is, is the actor has my that's name. That's cheating. Right? He's disqualified. We come to see Qui-Gon become so much more than just my protege. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He is, well, and you talked about it, you know, you touched on the points. He is such a pinpoint in the Star Wars story. Mm -hmm. Um, And you remove him and a lot of stuff falls apart. And it reminds us of the mortality in Star Wars of... You know, if all things... Ironically, the character who reminds us of the mortality in Star Wars is the first immortal character in Star Wars. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Um, but, you know, you, you see that this is, in my opinion, he's a perfect character. He has his flaws. I'm not saying he is perfect, but right. I'm saying yeah. as a character, he's perfect. He's exactly what we needed him to be, and he disappears way too soon. Um, it's reality. And and that it is. It's it's the reality of the situation is, well, if just if if Qui-Gon had lived, right? Mm-hmm. If Qui-Gon had lived, everything would have been fine. Yep. Well, we start Star Wars where everything is not fine, right? And and you know, and, and that's just how it goes, is the galaxy is not a perfect place and you know you have anakin and padme talking about all these ideals and what they think would be perfect and the reality is you're going to have conflict you're going to have disagreement and qui-gon is just as i talked about with maul qui-gon sees the bigger picture he focuses on the will of the force and Mm -hmm. In the Master Apprentice book, you get to see him go more in-depth with his passion for the prophecies. He's very into the prophecies. And a lot of the Jedi have tossed the prophecies up as literary works, right? Yeah. Oh, well, they're just figurative. They're hypothetical. They're not literal. Like, they're they're not meaningful. They're just metaphors for doing it. And no, the cho- Qui-Gon believes the Chosen One is a realistic literal prophecy and that's i mean if we want to talk about what affects the galaxy it's not just his death it's his willingness to give anakin a chance he leaves anakin on tatooine nothing happens right nothing that i mean you know you still have some but like it's it's so different and i just think his compassion his realism his he would have left the order to train anakin yep he 100 percent would have left the order um so would obi-wan even right i think obi-wan makes that uh, makes that I, I i want your blessing but i will train him without it because, because of I, Qui-Gon because Zinn. i promise Qui-Gon. yes yes i don't think which I, is which is all the more impressive if you read master and apprentice that he would even remotely say that to the council yes yes very true um but yeah i just think we see his in just one movie, we see so much from this character. Mm-hmm. And it's developed in a couple of books and in The Clone Wars and in some other stuff. But for the amount of screen time he gets, the amount of focus he gets, he is so much more. So much more and so influential. Um, but per capita, screen time coolness goes to Plo Koon. Sorry. That's fair. Screen time. No. Two seconds. No. Well, yeah. He, you see him once and then you see him die. Um, rip. 
So, yeah, I, I just I conclude by saying I think Qui-Gon is a perfect character for Star Wars to have and another one of those thinking about the long game characters. So, my number one character. Yes. Rose. Uh, my number one character is... Um, it's the Bendu. No, uh... <laughs> it's, of course, Anakin. I think that that is a very basic <laughs> answer. Yeah. Um, well, Anakin, you... I know you wrote down Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yes, so that's that's where I'm getting at. I think... Surprise, surprise. Yeah, Anakin's character is... I mean, it is Star Wars, right? Like, that's yeah. that's a story. Um, he is the chosen one. He will always be the chosen one um, to me. And... I thought Finn was the chosen one. You are the worst. <laughs> uh, my real favorite. Uh, my real favorite horse <laughs> yes. wheeler, Finn. Yes. Right! No, uh, I, I think that, again, I kind of touched on this, Anakin's care for his troops, and we see that relationship with Rex, and his relationship with um, Ahsoka. He, he did not understand how to manage his attachments. That was his ultimate downfall. But that's because he came to the temple so late. And again, that could have been mitigated by Qui-Gon. Because Qui-Gon would have actually let him have some of those attachments. Yeah. And Qui-Gon would have been a person that he could have come to. I think that's... Ultimately, that Obi-Wan, he, he knows that there's something between Padme and Anakin. I mean, we see that in, episode, in Season 7. He said, yeah. did you say hi to Padme for me? He's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You know? Um, to me, Anakin... Um, cares deeply for the people around him um, and constantly gets bad advice from the Jedi. At every turn, he gets bad advice from the Jedi, Um, particularly Yoda and Mace Windu. And it is their innate distrust of him that is the ultimate downfall of the Jedi. But I love Anakin. I've always loved Anakin and Darth Vader um, again. So I think that the Jedi... Minus Plo Koon deserved to be Order sixty sixth. Yikes! Um, they had that coming for a long time. Like, are we talking including the kids? Yeah. Okay. Particularly. So you're just right, a terrible yeah. person. Particularly. No, I I think that the Jedi Order deserved to die. I yeah. you know, and it was never going to dismantle itself. So they just became something that they weren't, right? And I was really hoping we would see Luke resurrect what they were supposed to be. Um, We did not. So that's unfortunate. However, Anakin is a conflicted character, and Anakin is perfectly written to be a very relatable, I think. Um, at least to me, I, you know, we see him and we hear like sand, I hate sand and people, you know, people kind of talk about I mean, that. I also like, hate sand. I do so. hate sand too. Oh my gosh. It is coarse. It is rough, rough. and it does He's, get everywhere. He is not wrong. <laughs> right. But if you were somebody. But who, unlike you, you're soft and smooth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also not wrong. Right. Like <laughs> probably, I don't know. Um, he, he just. Was what he's like the oldest kid ever admitted into the Jedi Temple. He was he had these attachments already formed, and then he was raised by by monks, right? And didn't know how to handle that, right? Like had it's girl not, problems. He did have girl problems. Like who's he gonna talk to? Obi Wan. Obi Wan's gonna be like, so when I when I uh, which <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Team. Yeah, that, that Obi was kind of a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is potentially why he never broached the subject with Anakin. Yeah. Because he, you know, again, we have this relationship between Obi-Wan and Satine that's a little, like, risque. And so it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know. Uh, Satine's nephew, yeah, in nephew. quotes, that has the same color hair as Obi-Wan and facial structure. Interesting. Yeah, and we never meet his parents. Yeah. Interesting. That I remember. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that Anakin is just this very relatable character to me and when we see him go to Darth Vader just the the ep- epicness right we have George Lucas saying that if he had never gotten hacked up on Mustafar Anakin was the most powerful being in the galaxy yeah. okay it, it wasn't even close and we kind of have a little supposedly a little bit of a retcon with that actually in the new Sith book um, 
Secret of the Sith, which I, which I again, another book that we need to read. Um, but so I, I haven't read that, so I can't really speak to that. I've just heard some stuff on it. Now, in episode three, Sidious tells Yoda that soon Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of us. Okay, so Sidious believes at that point, at least unless yeah. it's been on that it appears to me that Darth Vader, he knows what the Jedi failed to really understand, Palpatine knew. Yeah. Uh, Sidious knew that Darth Vader would, could, that had this potential to just be unstoppable. Um, and the Jedi failed to really use that to their proper advantage and fail, fail I mean right the, the ultimate thing right when they put him on the council but don't grant him the rank of master he no longer he does not have access to that last room in the in the Jedi uh, library right the room that has all the right. holocrons the forbidden teachings right because he wanted to learn how to save Padme and they knew right like Mace Windu knew that Anakin wanted in there and it's like well if you want in there then you don't deserve the rank of master right we see that the parallels between him and the Grand Inquisitor, when they meet in the comics, the Grand Inquisitor is the same thing. He wanted in there because he wanted to understand that. And Jocasta knew who would be close to the bottom of <laughs> the Jedi Force Wielders. Bottom 10. Bottom least 10. Least favorite. It's Pon Krell Pon and Jocasta Krell. And Jocasta knew are right there. And then if it 10. doesn't exist in our library, it doesn't exist at all. It's like, that's quite pretentious of you, don't you think? <laughs> like, you have also, everything. Also, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, again, we could get to the whole, like, if knowledge is power and power corrupts absolutely and all of the knowledge in the galaxy is stored in the Jedi library and the Jedi only share it with the Jedi, then... Corrupt as heck. Aren't they corrupt? Yeah. So, I, I, I really think that it, if the Jedi had treated Anakin properly, right, we wouldn't have had this, him turn to the dark side. But he turns to the dark side because he is treated poorly. And now, there's, obviously, there's personal responsibility, right? Like, Anakin's still <laughs> ultimately responsible for turning to the dark side. I, yes. I'm, I'm going to say that. But I think that that's relatable. I think that um, if most people, if they were treated the way Anakin was, would turn to the dark side. I actually think that most people would wind up being like Anakin. At least turn away from the Order. At, at least, the very least. At least turn away from the Order. I think that if your best friend... You know, you're about to see someone who's hampered you all the way, right? Like, Palpatine was his best friend. I, I mean, outside of, you know, outside of the Order, Palpatine was always there for him. He was always advising him. And yeah, you found out a dark secret, but about a friend, you know? It's like, are you going to let this guy who has been rude to oh, you kill him, right? And Anakin <laughs> even gets to the very end, and he does the right thing. Anakin was right. And he does the right thing. He Anakin tells right. Windu, and they go, and, and I don't know that Mace Windu was wrong in trying to kill him, but... At the end, you know, they, they talk all this talk about the Jedi way, the Jedi way, the Jedi way, the Jedi way. And then when push comes to shove, they're going to just kill Palpatine. Right, yeah, Because he's yeah. a threat. And it's like, well, and, and I, that I think is definitely the pinnacle for Anakin of like, wait, hold on. Like, this is my friend. It is the ultimate hypocritical moment for the Jedi. Right, yeah. and, and like Mace Windu is, you know, if, if, if Yoda were to keel over and die, the next Grand Master of the Jedi Order would have been Mace Windu. Right. Right, like, so you have the Jedi number two is like, yeah, it doesn't, I don't really care. You know, I, I'm going to spout out all this, you know, stuff to you. You have to be a good Jedi. You have to be a good Jedi. But also, like, I'm just not going to care. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to kill this person. And um, so, I, yeah, again, Anakin makes a mistake. Anakin makes a mistake. But Anakin is right. Um, in his reasoning, right? Like, you can't do it. Um, you know, we have Palpatine saying he is the Senate and, you know, he's too powerful to be left alive. He also but says... That's not the thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but, yeah, I, I think that Anakin is right on a lot of his things and he calls the Jedi out constantly on their BS yeah. and they don't listen to him because they think he's young um, and that's, where, again, where Qui-Gon would have come in and been like, all right, we're leaving. This is it, yeah. right? You're not going to treat us like this, basically. <laughs> like, you're you're not going to do it. Yep. Um, but no law against training someone in the force. Again, not as a Jedi. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. That's it. That's it for me. Yeah. And then again, of course, yeah. I mean, just Vader, like the Vader scenes and everything like that is just fantastic. And I am cautiously optimistic 
about how we will see Hayden Christensen as Vader yeah. in the Obi-Wan series. I'm a little... I am concerned, but I'm also excited. Yeah. Um, so we will see. We will see. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, you know, this is our top 10. Um, I'd love to... You know, figure out, uh, you know, what everyone else thinks, right? Like, what, what would what would be your top ten? What do you agree with? What do you not? Um, so, uh, put together your own list. Um, yeah. And see where, you know, your top ten Force users rank. Um, you are allowed to have an honorable mention section for <laughs> some of the characters that you like, but may have been the cause of the entire fall of the Jedi Order. It must be five or below, though. It you must be you five cannot do You cannot do 12. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, have, have a good one. Bye.